for a nice long walk in the park while we still can. Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, I man, I wonder if there's another park we could go walk in that has mushrooms around here. I imagine we could probably look around Davy Dogwood, but I don't think I've actually been to that park. Well, it's supposedly like a lot bigger than what we thought because it's not, you know, a park with a playground things. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nature walk and there's like multiple trails and things like that. So I'm down. Not a bad idea. Yeah. We can go out there, take the girls and go out there, get just take a little break before everybody's got to come into the chaos, get one last enjoyment of nature before we're like, all right, now it's time to hunker down, you yep. know. Finals are coming up and mm-hmm. they've never experienced finals before, apparently, all three of them. They've yeah. only taken their star tests and, yeah, welcome to middle school and high school. <laughs> so That's so weird. Oh, it boggles my mind. I yeah. took finals in middle school. So mm-hmm. the fact that Lily didn't take them last year, I don't, I don't know how that happened. But I mean, on the flip side, they also didn't come home telling us everything, and you know, things were just different. Maybe it was just because they were still coming out of everything COVID-related, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Last year was a lot more lenient, so probably, yeah. In all, in all honesty, there's probably just a whole host of factors. Or they took finals, and Lily's just smoking crack again. Yeah. And she's got to get off the pipe, but whatever. I mean, she made it through barely by the skin of her teeth, so. Yeah, last year with the teachers that didn't care and let mm-hmm. her off the hook a million and one times. And then wonder why she wasn't learning things. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's about to be a very interesting Christmas break. Oh, yeah, because daddy's home. Yeah. And they're, uh-uh, no, we're going to set up an itinerary schedule. They're going to sit down and... Depending on what their grades are, is going to depend between the, whether or not they have two hours of work a day or they do four hours of work a day on just homework and learning. But by the time this yeah. this spring this uh, winter break is done, oh no, I'm going to go down there. They're going to have their basic multiplications memorized. Yeah, just, I, there's no reason for it. Yeah, still, still will never understand mm-hmm. how they are seventh, eighth, and Anna's in tenth. Mm-hmm. And they don't all know their multiplication facts. Like, I understand. Like, I never knew my 12s by heart. It was, it, it, those were always harder. And yeah. I understand that. 11s obviously were really easy. But, no, everything else I understood and I got it. But I had that down in the third grade. Mm-hmm. And then I never forgot it because I was always doing the math and everything. Like, now I know it could take me a little bit longer on odd ones out that I always struggled on or something like that. But I still know it mm-hmm. most it'll take me to answer something is you know like three seconds like i just i don't get they literally have to count yeah i don't get that no i'm you know what but it's, i will say they're getting better no they are they absolutely are they're they're now that they're applying themselves and i'm sitting here and i'm like nope you're not getting away with this you're not getting to be sidetracked or anything like that it's like here it is this is your job this is what you do your job is to grow up. And I've been not letting them forget how to count in Spanish mm-hmm. because Lily was completely like she forgot 90 percent of it because yeah. I was having them um, when we do the workouts in the morning. Mm-hmm. We'll do 10 of whatever, you know, we're doing push ups, jumping jacks, anything like that. We'll do it by tens mm-hmm. so that they're counting the multiplication throughout it. And I was um, we, we've kind of gotten to a point where we're sticking to three different workouts that will count by whatever number and okay. I'll do, I have, you know, one of them do one, one of them do the other one. And then both of them count in Spanish mm-hmm. and then realize that, 
you know, after, you know, three times, they, it was like, okay, cool, cool, you can count in Spanish, but everybody can. I never, you know, I took Spanish in what, kindergarten, and -hmm. I can count to 20 in Spanish, but they couldn't count by twos in Spanish. So I was like, okay, so then I had them doing that together. But then right. Tabby was doing it out loud and Lily was doing the echo. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, okay, dos, Tabby, dos. this time, yeah. Cuatro, cuatro. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Tabby, this time, shh, say nothing. Lily, you count by twos to 20. And she was, you know, two, <laughs> Lily in Spanish. Oh, dos, cuatro, uh. Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were definitely just. And the thing is, when I just walk around the house and talk to him in Spanish, it it blows me away. Tabby had two years of Spanish, and she just barely knows anything I'm saying. But she still knows more than Lily does. She can kind of piece things together better than Lily can. Lily will recognize certain words, but Mm -hmm. then won't be able to use context clues. Tabby can at least use the context clues and kind of figure it out. So. It's just, it, that's just something that, you know, even I want to learn Spanish. So it's not something that's, you know, like they're going to be alone in it. They'll have an easier time than I would because, you know, they're still in that age where learning those things, they can still, you know, mold their brains into just finding the correlation without actually mm-hmm. translating it in their head. So. Well, the longer I go without speaking Spanish, the more Spanish I forget. Well, I find yeah, that very. how it works. <laughs> weird. Yeah, but, okay, so you say that, but could you imagine forgetting English? Well, no, because it's the language you're speaking all the time. So you don't forget it because that's what you're speaking. You're forgetting Spanish because you're not speaking it. But you do forget the, like, meaning of words and things like that. I find myself personally, like, the word games and things that I play, like Wordle and those, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'll sit there and go, oh, my gosh, I knew that word. How come I don't know that word? What does that word mean? And I'm like, wow. So that's what I appreciate about games like that versus the little word search ones. No, but the ones that are like actually causing your brain to work. And I like Wordle because, you know, you, you got to do anagram mentality and, mm-hmm. and then you have to be like, oh, OK, here's the words it can be. And it's like and I have my first three words that I use before I start utilizing probabilities in figuring things out but yeah, wordle is a game of math for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. yeah well that's and that's what letters are i mean letter the probability of using letters like anybody who's watched wheel of fortune knows r-s-t-l-n-e you know and it's like okay but you got to put those in a wordle and so it's like i have two words that i do that utilize the majority of those and then i'll use the secondaries and then if the t came up as active whether or not my Next word, if it didn't give me enough letters, is going to be, you know, starts with an H or starts with a B. And so it's like because the probability of an H being utilized on its own versus an H being utilized in a T word. So, yeah, it's all about numbers and probabilities. And yeah, with that, for you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Afternoon Dive when the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything and nothing all at once. And we're going to jump right into it here. And uh, I'm going to first, uh, the only real trucker thing I'm going to get into is tell everybody winter is here. And I want to tell all the drivers everywhere, if you're planning on driving anywhere, winter is officially here. Between um, Oregon and California and anywhere going east, there is now a bank of snow. There's a bank of rain. Uh, the weather is extremely hard. The visibility is down. Watch yourselves. Get Make sure you have your chains and everything that you guys need. Definitely going to be looking at that. There's already over a dozen accidents. So just like it's not wasting any time. This is going to be here for a little while. 
Um, I haven't heard anything about any fatalities yet, and I hope I don't. But just want to let everybody know, hey, be careful out there on the road. Drive safe. Mm -hmm. It's better to get there late than never to get there. And every year we have to drive. We've had to drive by scenes where somebody didn't make it. And I would love that to get broke this year. I would love that just in this one weather system right here that's going to affect us for the next 78 um, to 96 hours. Everybody just be safe. Nothing is worth being mad about. If you can't see, slow down. We've all seen the videos of just, you know, trucks piling up because they couldn't slow down in time because visibility was low. And it just takes one. You know, I, I refuse to drive in, in snow anymore. And it's because it's not a matter of not trusting my driving. It's I just don't trust the drivers around me. So be out there and be careful. You know, we have a nice little story of driving in in the ice and black ice is going to be a big thing right now because it's all fresh. It's all new. So and there's expected to be patches of sunshine in there. So that's going to be like (sighs) that's the recipe for disaster and You know, we had it and we had a fun little drive where, you know, I had my trailer at about 70, 80 degrees, you know, uh, left of me, driver's side of me on a two lane road. And it was smacking the uh, markers on the uh, other side and was able to pull out of it and pulled through it, you know, knew when to accelerate, got us through it. And (laughs) we had, there was a truck that was at the end of that stretch on the other side. And that guy, I think that guy was probably more white than I was, (laughs) you know, and uh, Kiki, she held it together. And when she finally got to break down, (laughs) she literally white knuckled, white knuckled the entire thing. And when we got to the other side, you know, was like pulled over, got, got found a safe place to pull over, <laughs> gave her a big hug and said, you can cry now. I and she, so <laughs> she did not disappoint. <laughs> it was, it was a big cry and you know what? And it's like, I got through it. I didn't do any, I talked, I talked the whole way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, okay, we got this. All right, ready? Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. You know, pulling. Because anybody who's driven in black ice and has had their truck go go jackknife on them before it flips, um, they know it's you get the trailer behind you, and when you get the trailer behind you, you accelerate as hard as you can. You're not touching those brakes, and we were coming around a, a turn into it that started the whole thing, and uh, you know, I knew what to look for, still didn't see it, and realized when it was happening, and was like, oh crap, you know, and it was like we got out of it, we got out of it good, but. A lot of people aren't as lucky and it would be a level of arrogance. I don't have to say, Oh, all that was skill. No, there was luck. There's always luck in that. It can just be one bad day, one mile over one mile under one little thing, one truck on the other lane, just at the wrong place at the wrong time. So we got out of that, but you know, and done. I, I don't like bad weather. So just everybody keep your, your eyes open don't be distracted. Everything can wait. And if you know somebody who's on the road in this weather, don't text them. Don't call them. Don't ask them about some stupid opinion about junk that doesn't matter. Because we look, we're idiots. We're stupid. We're truckers. We chose to be truckers. How smart can we be? Okay. So just, just keep that in mind. And you know, if you got find my or anything that you're using to track people, Track them, watch where they are, just watch as they're moving and watch as they're safe. 
and wait until you see them at a truck stop refueling or until they text you, you know, but let's everybody get home and get home in as many pieces as we left in. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. That's my PSA. And to all my truckers, keep the rubber side down. Go ahead. Well, I've got a few Reddit posts here. Yay. Um, four of them in total, but I'm only going to read three of them for now. And I'll leave this last one because it's absolutely hilarious to the end of the episode. Alrighty. Um, so we'll start with, um, one from r slash confession. Okay. Um, this one is from a throwaway account and it is titled, I, 27 female, got pregnant by an international student and never told him I kept the babies, which were twins. What is this? This is just under confessions? Yeah. Okay. You could put this under, am I the asshole? <laughs> okay. Well, they're not asking. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so nine years ago, I hooked up with this international student at a couple of college parties. I was going through a bit of a wild phase and wanted to do something really daring for once. And then I got pregnant. I talked to this counselor who suggested that I abort or at least tell the father about the situation, but I couldn't do either. I didn't even attend any more parties because I was terrified of running into him again. At the end of the semester, three months along, I returned home and told my parents that I was pregnant. My dad was furious, but my mom eventually convinced him to support me. I refused to tell them who the father was. I took the next semester off and stayed with my parents for the next six months. I gave birth to twins, two boys, in early June. By this point, it was obvious that my children were half Asian, I'm white, I guess this was the last straw for my dad because while he'd been relatively supportive throughout my pregnancy, he turned cold as soon as I got out of the hospital. He wouldn't even speak to me. I wanted to stay with my children and attend community college, but my mom insisted that I go back to my old college. Things with my dad were getting pretty bad, so I went back alone. Hmm. I saw the baby daddy a few times that semester, but we never spoke. I had so much going on at home that I didn't want to make things even more complicated. I think he went back to his home country, China, afterwards. My mom and dad are now divorced, and my mom is now raising my children. Dad wants nothing to do with us. He moved to another state. I tried to get involved, but my mom al has always insisted that she's doing just fine. Dad pays alimony. I live in another state as well, thousands of miles away from my home. I'm, learning go I'm earning good money now, and I send my mom as much as money as I can afford. I only see my kids during holidays, which my dad doesn't attend. My mom has told them that I'm their sister, which I go along with. I don't even mm. know the name of my kid's father. I think he mentioned it a few times, but I couldn't even pronounce it. I definitely don't know where he is. I suppose I could ask the college for help, but I just can't. I'm terrified that my kids are going to start asking questions about their biological father that my mom can't answer. I'm terrified they're going to take a DNA, DNA test someday and track him down. Hmm. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, okay, number one, I don't agree with that at all. And like, there's no part of me that agrees with that. It just, you don't abandon your kids. It doesn't matter. And especially, I mean, I don't know if it's a racial component or if it was just a reality component, you know, mm -hmm. you just, you don't, you, you think you're going to handle something a certain way until it face it's facing you. And then you're going to hand, then you handle it a much different way. Like, honestly, we just talking about the black ice story, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that was the most black ice I'd ever had. Uh, biggest black ice issue I'd ever had. Didn't know how I was going to handle it until it was facing me. So I don't want to just be like, Eh, dad's a racist ass, but if it's a racist, if he did it racially, then he's an ass and a racist ass. But on the other side, you know, I know that with my daughters who I love 
so much and there's so much to me and they mean the world to me. The thought of them being a knocked up statistic is just something I can't handle the thought of with my little princesses, you know, but I know that leaving them, abandoning my family, I won't even get rid of a dog. I, I won't, you know, I, I feel bad kicking raccoons out from under my house, much less the thought of abandoning my daughter or her kids, which are now my grandkids and my wife alongside it. I just, I don't fathom it, but man, that you, you are going to be facing an uphill battle for sure. OP. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not something that's going to be a couple of years out. I do question why your mom is touting you as their sister. You know, it is okay to say, Hey, your mom is, you know, working and trying to make a better life for you. And so that means she's going to be a lot gone a lot right now, but I'm here to love you and take care of you and move forward on that. Um, I feel like you have an extra level level of deception sitting there, you know, for when you're, you're worried about what your kids are going to start asking questions that might ask, wait, why does my sister, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just a whole weird situation. I, I wouldn't lie. I'd try to be as honest with them as possible. And as for the father who you, you know what, you chose not to have him as a part of it. And, and that's fine. That's, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is probably that I don't even know that's an unpopular opinion, but it's, but it's my opinion. And it's the way I look at it is women. If you get pregnant and you decide that you're going to keep the baby and the man doesn't have a choice, then yeah, keep him out of it. Seriously. That's the best thing you could do. The worst thing she could do is be like, surprise, you have two kids because whatever relationship he's in, whether he's married or what, it's over. You know, that's that's going to be the way it is. And and it's not even going to be his own fault because he had no idea. But I mean, could you imagine like, let's say you and I were married and one of my exes came out of the blue and said, hey, Joey's the father and introduce you to like my three kids from her or something like that trip uh, triplets. You know, where would you be? Gone. <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> yeah. No, that's well, I mean, if, if, if it was somebody that was before us, you know what I mean? Before we were ever even in a relationship. Well, and suddenly, I mean, think about it. Like, well, that, it depends because I feel like it, it really changes because if you genuinely didn't have any idea and I knew that you didn't have any idea. Mm hmm. I would honestly encourage you to fight for custody because that's awful. And children, they don't deserve things like that. Like, especially if they're like great kids and they want to know you and they want to be a part of your life. And like, I just always feel like things like that always turn into terrible situations Mm -hmm. and the life that they're living is always worse than what they could have if the father was a part of it. So I, I just, I don't know. It really depends because Mm -hmm. if, you know, it was one of those like, trying to be petty about something and came around with something like that like you know she was pressuring you to not you know use a condom and things like that and then she did get pregnant and then had these kids and then brought it back to try to you know force you know uh what's it called child support out of Mm -hmm. you and everything then you know then i'd be pretty upset (laughs) so it'd be you know it's just it really it just really depends and and she and she says you know wanted to try something different so i'm guessing pull out and no condom, no morning after and no, you know, foam or anything were options for her. 
Well, so. it's not necessarily true. It's just, you know, just trying something different. I guess just having a hoe phase, which isn't a bad mm-hmm. thing. It's no. just, you know, sometimes there are hoe phases that don't end well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of them. Yep. Well, so no matter what bad situation If you got overall, two kids that are going to grow up loving you, your sons, then, you know, it'll it'll end well. But you did, you definitely, you have an uphill. <laughs> your road is uphill for sure. hundred percent. Wow. So what's next? So this next one is from r slash petty revenge mm-hmm. um, from the user Hab- Habs and Kush. Uh, and it's titled holiday pay is quote too difficult to do unquote. You say that's okay. I'll do all the math for your accountants. Smiley face. <laughs> I like this I like this person this I'm OP, already digging OP I'm excited for the way the way that you wrote this is great awesome they started off with buckle up bitches this is one of the favorite quitting stories no I did not flip a table no I did not tell my boss to stick it but instead I beat them at their own illegal game nice my work doesn't pay overtime or holiday pay which is highly illegal where I am When I finally quit, among many other reasons, most of which was a huge lack of respect despite bending over backwards for the company, when I finally decided to quit, I was planning on writing a formal letter, signing it, and all but, of course, I got a last-minute custom cake order and only got the reference photo one and a half hours before pickup. This Hmm. is like every fucking cake I do, such a garbage system. Hmm. I fucking had it and sent a text to both my manager, who I actually like, and my general manager, a 23-year-old know-it-all who doesn't actually know shit. No reply all day. The audacity. Until finally around 2 p.m., general manager came downstairs and brought me into the office. He asked me why I was quitting, so I told him everything. Every time of disrespect, every awful aspect of the trash order system, every rude and unnecessary comment from the owner. The expectations that the employees are to be essentially broken down into submission as if it's Nazi Germany. Yes, I said this word for word. Among my many complaints, and very valid ones... I said, it's BS, we don't get holiday pay, as it's fucking illegal not to be paid holiday pay. General manager asked hmm. me if I knew how to calculate holiday pay, and while I do in my home province, I don't actually remember how to do it for this province. Regardless, it's fucking grade five level math. Mm-hmm. He tells me in the most condescending tone, see, you don't know how to do it, and that's fine. I didn't know how to do it either before, and now I know that it's a complicated process. After adding that it's really not complicated at all, he says again that it's too difficult to do. Then, he tried to push me out before my last day until I brought up severance pay and all of a sudden they might actually need my help for the last week. Hmm. Well, he picked the wrong math whiz to say this to. I couldn't sleep that night at all. It bothered me so much that he said this to me when in fact accounting was my second choice for career studies. I truly have a gift for math, but I can't sit still so I chose baking instead. I went through all my pay stubs and my hours and calculated the exact amount owed for each holiday that I was employed there. I even got a pay raise halfway through the one holiday pay period, so I went as far as to calculate what percentage should be at the original pay and what percentage of that pay should be within my pay raise, down to the the hundredths of percentages. <laughs> Good I job. also added all the calculations for my overtime pay as... I, and I made sure to write this as well, did not sign any agreement being okay with not being paid overtime, i.e. illegal. Mm-hmm. So, high as, so high as fuck and half drunk at 10 p.m., I managed to do all the math that was too difficult to do for the crap-ass excuse for accountants they may have. 
I sent it all, math and everything, by email and said I took the initiative to calculate the missing holiday pay since it's, as you said, too difficult to do. I've included overtime pay as I did not sign any agreement stating I would be okay with not receiving it. Texting this to you as I prefer to have things in writing. Have a good evening. General manager basically <laughs> ghosted me for two days. My manager said that he got the email. He asked if he was going to, if he was going to pay me and general manager said, well, I have to. Legally, I'm obligated. But that wasn't enough for me. I just had to ask him myself. So when I saw him that day, this was our convo. Me. I assume you got my email. General manager. Yeah, I did. Me. And? General manager. And what? Me. Well, are you going to pay it? General manager in a bitchy attitude. Yeah, obviously. Ha 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 ha. Motherfucker. I win. I know my labor laws, <laughs> asshole. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> Too long didn't read. General manager told me that holiday pay is too difficult to calculate, so they don't pay me overtime or holiday pay, which is illegal. So I took the initiative to do all the calculations myself, and now he said he's legally obligated to pay me. I know my labor laws, asshole. Good for you, OP. Honestly, I'm... I, I was waiting for some icing on the cake reference to, you know, <laughs> something along those lines, but <laughs> honestly, hey, good. I'm, you know, the way you did it was... was perfect you know if you had co-workers maybe talk to them about math maybe get on some glass door and uh you know have a little discussion there because um i will tell you this if they hadn't paid you and you'd been there long enough you know like talking about years um there is interest and penalties that you could have looked at too but you absolutely tore it up you took it out like a boss you absolutely walked out ahead and <laughs> When somebody does it, I guess I have to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, you win. You totally win. There's no two ways about it. Just I, I can I can see that. I can see the look. We can all feel it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly what that bo boss was going through. I, you, the math was was so difficult. It's like, mm -hmm. hmm, here you go. There's the math. I get to get a penny again. <laughs> You know, I and was this, just... uh, as of right now, this post is only 18 hours old. Mm -hmm. So uh, people were asking and saying like he didn't actually state whether he did actually pay up. Mm -hmm. and so they had responded to that and said, I haven't finished yet. Last day is on Wednesday. Then I get my final check in the mail next Friday. And after that will be all the vacation, holiday and overtime pay. So I should be receiving it by the new year. Nice. If it's off by even $2, I'm going to get the labor board and I think they know that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I did that. Did we tell how I quit with Oleg? Did we tell that story yes. yet? Okay. Yeah. So I understand. And uh, let's see. There was the other company that I had issues with was a company called Clarion. And, uh, yeah. If you're going to quit and you know you're going to burn the bridge anyways, burn it in style. Right? Mm -hmm. It's literally, that's that's what you did. So, great job. Very That was a good one. I, I like that. I'm glad you found that one. So, we're not always going to be a bunch, uh, just a bunch of Reddits. We just, we just like them. We like them, and we like to share them, and we think they're good things and, and good things to talk about. So, obviously, we want to know you guys' feedback. Go to our social media. Come to our Facebook page. Go to, you know, our Reddit page. We have our own Reddit page, and let us know. What do you guys like? What do you dislike? You know, we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your input. And, uh, you know, if we agree with you, awesome. If we don't, still awesome. <laughs> so what do we got next? So then this one, um, our last one before, you know, the end of the episode later. Mm -hmm. um, this one is from r slash malicious compliance. Okay. From 
the user I'll only use throwaway, so another throwaway account mm-hmm. titled Will let me feed the crows from the balcony? Fine. All the birds are coming by at eight every morning. Okay. <laughs> a year in the making, but oh so beautiful. I love crows. They're my favorite animal and just so cool and emotive. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. I started feeding the local couple that were nesting near me, and come winter, the entire flock was coming by every day. I talked with my neighbors, found an agreeable time, and tossed out a few bags of weed as thanks for being chill. Everything seemed like it was fine, except my other neighbor, let's call him SD for short, keeps making little (laughs) comments once in a while. About four months in, my landlord comes into my workplace. I rent an apartment above my shop and yells at me that the crow feeder is attracting rodents. Apparently, the mice in our building are climbing trees and then jumping a two-meter gap onto our building, climbing to the crow feeder and eating the food in it. This seems unlikely to me. The Mm. feeder is only up for two hours a day, and I've never seen mice parkour. It comes out that SD complained and fibbed quite a bit in his complaint. Detail after detail keeps slipping. There's a mouse problem in the building. I've never seen one or signs of any, but then again, I've lived on farms and still store my food off of the ground to keep a tidy floor, etc., The restaurant next door is complaining about the place smelling like pot, and SD pointed him at me. Landlord is absolutely convinced it's acrobatic mice making the leap to the balcony. Mm -hmm. I mentioned to the landlord that my shop was smelling like pot for the years that I was in it before renting the apartment upstairs, and that I always go outside for a puff. Also, that I've lived on farms and in plenty of buildings and never seen a mouse or rat decide to ignore ground floor entrances in favor of a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. We go back and forth for a bit. I agree to stop feeding the crows and tell him that without some kind of proof, he can kick stones over anything else. I add that he is never to come into my workplace without specific and declared need again, that I would be saving the recording of our interaction, and that he has no, on no uncertain terms crossed a line by coming into my workplace and raising his voice. After work, I check my suite and shop. No gaps, no holes, no droppings, no signs of mice at all. Knock on SD's door, see what's up. He invites me in to talk, first time I've been in his suite. And suddenly, everything makes sense. He has a few birds of his own, has an ashtray filled with roaches, tips of joints, not insects, and mm. the floor is littered with bird seed. Obviously, SD doesn't want the landlord to know he has pets, that mm-hmm. he blazes inside, and that he's probably the cause of the rodents. I give zero shits what he has to say. He had the opportunity to talk to me person to person to find recourse that wasn't putting the target on me or just fucking anything. I'm done. So I look up the bylaws for feeding birds and for peace and tranquility. I called my local council to make sure I wasn't ruffling feathers and got the go ahead. (laughs) Every morning I was going out at 8 a.m. and feeding my crows about 10 minutes or about 10 meters from my front door. Now just the nesting couple again. And there are no complaints. Come October, the entire flock is coming again, and I'm having to up the food amounts. Within weeks, the local seagulls are coming by, too. I could jury-rig another feeder to keep them away, but instead I just up the feed amount to accommodate more birds. Every morning is met with a chorus of birdsong, crow, and seagull birdsong. (laughs) I personally love it. SD confronts me first. I I respond by being sympathetic. Oh, I know. It was way better before someone got the landlord involved. We could agree on a time, be considerate of each other and shit. Now they got to be fed and done before 9 a.m. And it has to be after 8 a.m. for peace and tranquility laws. Oh, well. Landlord tried next. I texted back that I was feeding them on city property, ignored him until he came into my shop again, yelling again. 
I recorded mm. the entirety of his rant and asked him if he knew where I was feeding the birds. He did, and then I asked him where the property he was responsible for ended. He left, and I forwarded a complaint to the property managing management company. Mm-hmm. Next come my other neighbors, and they get the same treatment. Yeah, it mm. sucks. I miss feeding them at 11, too. But SD got the landlord involved, and now I have to do it on city property. And that means my only window is between 8 and 9. Sucks, man. Oh, well. <laughs> no one's tried to ask me not to feed them. I think they realize that the crows mean more to me than most things. Also, the crows still chill on the balcony waiting for me in the morning, and I swear I've started imitating my good morning buds, if in cadence alone. Too long didn't read, was feeding crows at 11 with the approval of my neighbors. Once I got a complaint, now I have to feed the crows at 8 a.m. to avoid noise and business bylaws. See, as somebody who's an animal lover and a bird lover at the same time, that is awesome. I just, that's, that's, that is beautiful because, yeah, what is your landlord going to do? Mm-hmm. They can't even legally kick you out over it. You know, they can't say squat. It's not on your property. You hit. Oh, my God. We have got great people in here. I am loving this. I mm-hmm. really am. I mean, this is just. Ah, and I would love OP. I would so dig a video of your birds. I would mm-hmm. love to be able to see this. Seriously, I will post it up on our page. I would love it to be there. I'd love to be able to just show it everywhere. So if you happen to have even just, you know, a, a short little, you know, phone video, I'd love to see it, man. We'd love to see it. We'd absolutely love it. And we'd share the hell out of it. That is that is great. And what you did, perfect and perfect in form. Um, just that's just awesome. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, we got to get on feeding our crows mm-hmm. because Lily is slacked off and she's not going to do it. She just, she clearly was like, Oh really? That's cool. But dedication. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and we, it's crazy because we, we, we have the bakery right there. We have 50 pounds of, uh, no, we have like 200 pounds of bird seed in various forms. Yeah. Well, we just, the, the issue right now is that we need to get the, food out again because the squirrels are no longer mm-hmm. in our backyard because there's no food to eat anymore so yep we we have to get it because i saw them they're out and about they're in the side lot they're in the neighbor's yard but they're just not here anymore because there's nothing for them to eat so i definitely want to get back on getting the birds and just the animals the wildlife back in our backyard because it's nice it's also funny when we take the dogs out and they are so excited to run out there and they see a squirrel and then they go running even faster mm-hmm. i don't think roxy has had the experience of chasing a squirrel yet so no but and she did a little quick side note when i went out this morning to go pick all of the peppers finally mm-hmm. she finally got her lesson she got shocked by the electric fence oh <laughs> she literally i kept telling her to stay away from it stay away from it kept telling her no kept telling her no and this time i was out there for long enough and i was like you're i've already told you no like four separate times and mm-hmm. she was you know going over closer to where a real fence meets the electric fence mm-hmm. and was sniff sniff sniffing and then she looked and then she went to go step through it her nose touched it first and then next thing you know, just screaming, running away from it and i was like oh did you get got and she wanted nothing to do with coming back over there and i was like <sighs> is that know? why I saw her over on the side while you oh, were yeah. in the garden side this yeah, morning? Yeah, that's why okay. she d- absolutely stayed away from the garden area because she yep. was terrified of whatever. I just, I mean, it sucks. I don't ever sit there and go, ah, ha, ha. But it was still just kind of like, you know, you got to learn. Mm-hmm. The other two had to learn. Sky, yep. Sky wants nothing to do with being back there at all still. Mm-hmm. But it's not even like it's a big shock. It's not a crazy, you know, high voltage electric fence. It literally, we can touch it. Yep. And it just feels like when somebody, I don't know if you've ever done this, you slide down, have somebody slide down a slide 
and then you line up in a line <laughs> and, and touch, touch your fingers yeah. together. Yep. That's what it feels like. So yeah. it's not anything crazy, but still, it's just, you know, probably just surprising more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, so she got that. But anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I've seen the squirrels around everywhere but in our yard now. I'm down. I, I love it when there's a bunch of birds around. And I like crows. Uh, crows and, you know, I just want to say this. In my experience and what I've seen, crows and mice never get along. Like crows will kill. I've seen crows and I've seen them kill mice. I've literally seen them go after it. They're, they're, you know, and on top of that, we, and we've read the stories of it and it's something that's really cool. If you're feeding crows specifically, we don't have seagulls out here. So yay. But if you're, if you're feeding crows, they start thanking you and they start thanking you by first, they try to mimic you, which is just weird. And we've seen videos of that, mm-hmm. you know, but then they, they start giving you rewards. They find shiny little cute things and start bringing them to you. And we've heard story of people who like a crow brought them a diamond earring or a, or a diamond ring or anything along those. So it's like, you know, it's really cool, but it's just really cool to have those relationships with animals and know that, you know, I would, I would rather that a hundred animals love me than a hundred people, you know? Because animals are just so much more pure at the end of the day. But that is awesome. I think that is great. And, you know, I mean, and but we're animal people. We really mm-hmm. are. We have bees. We have chickens. We have ducks. We have dogs. We have cats. And we have my rescue, you know, which is my story, which is Congo. You know, and Congo's an African gray parrot. He's, you know, 40 years old. And my grandparents got him, didn't realize they got him illegally, that he was illegally smuggled. So we don't even know what his story was before that. And they brought him to their house and they couldn't handle him. And they gave him to my uncle and then my uncle couldn't handle him and gave him back to my grandparents. And my grandparents had him for several years after that and then gave him to to my mom. And my mom is manic bipolar. Not a great combination for a parrot that loves to tell you to fuck off. Um... And so when the situation, you know, an opportunity presented itself that he got to move in with me, I was still single at the time. I was like, yeah, I came down the same day before she could change her mind or anything. And I grabbed him, took him away and have, you know, never looked back. And he's a part of this family. He drives me up a wall. He drives me crazy. I have full on arguments with him and he fucking Mm -hmm. loves to argue. He loves it. But he also is he's a love. He just loves to squeak and everything. And when he first saw you, he was just all happy and just all mm-hmm. flirty with you and everything. And, you know, and I just, no. And, you know, if I I had people, well, hell, heck, I had girls that I was dating that were, they were like, oh, I, I don't want to go back to your place. I don't like birds. And that was the last date we'd have. If somebody doesn't like animals, I don't trust them. Yeah, that's always a red flag to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't people talk about people red flags. Do that? I, how can you? I don't know. How can you not like animals? There has to be because like it's different if there's like a story and you're like mm-hmm. afraid of a certain animal or you don't like a specific animal because of like valid reasons. Because like saying you don't like birds as a whole, that's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Saying mm-hmm. you don't like parrots that speak actual words it creeps you out whatever that's that's fine so then you go for budgies and things like that oh those okay oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's fine then that's okay that's different but if you just don't like birds or don't like dogs or cats like i don't get that i don't understand i had a girl that i was 
interested in taking out on a date and start dating. Her name was Shelby. And she told me she what she didn't like animals and she didn't like music. What? Like yeah. any? None. Nothing. She hated all animals. She never wanted to go to a zoo. She never wanted to be around animals. She never wanted dogs, cats, puppies. She didn't even like movies of animals. She just had nothing to do with it. And then she didn't like any music. Hated all music. That Every what? kind of music she hated. <laughs> this girl, I was like, you're not human. I can't. Yeah, like, how do you not like music? Like, no, she didn't. She just didn't like any of it. Like, she... Literally in her car, no radio. Oh, she had nope, no radio. I was like, not even talk insanity. radio. Well, yeah, no, because I was like, you don't even listen to like talk radio. And she goes, oh no, because they have musical intros and half the commercials are just just songs. Mm -mm. It's like, okay, no, 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 I I left that. Nope, the I, fuck out of there. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't even look to see what kind of personality you had to have for that to be you. So, yeah, and uh, Shelby is her real name. So I was actually shocked I remember it because I generally don't remember girls that weren't girlfriends' names. So, But, yeah, she didn't like music and she didn't like animals. And that just, I, I can't imagine my life without animals. Or without music. With music Both of those yeah. are weird. Like, I, no, I don't, I, I remember we just went into so many things. Like, there were movies, she went most movies. She, she didn't watch Disney movies. Because of them singing. Not uh. just because of them singing, but because half of them were animals. Like, you know, The Lion King, uh -uh. animals. Uh, Little Mermaid, you know, Sebastian's singing, animals are singing. Nope, nope, wanted mm -mm. nothing to do with it. So she wouldn't, she never watched, she didn't watch any of those. And it's like, I mean, I didn't talk to her parents or anything, but what happened? What happened to you that that's how you grow up? Yeah, you know, no, that's just that's... there. There's a there's a church out there and it's the tradition. Well, I'll say it is the traditional churches of Christ and they don't believe in singing. Like they don't believe in music as part of a, a part of their worship and they don't. That's, I... And I have I had never been to a church service that didn't have, you know, at least a bunch of singing, even if it was just self-grandizing singing. There was always singing and music and everything. So, like, but no, traditional churches of Christ, nope. Not, no, the one the one that I went to, not even a piano or organ player or anything. That's so weird. So, they, you came in, they sat, they talked, they would do kind of a weird little chant thing, and then they just got into the sermon, and then after the sermon, they, you know, would motion for everybody to stand up, and to go, and it was just like, I just can't, you, you realize just how much power is in music. And, yeah. And the same thing in animals. I mean, how, what kind of bond is that? How would it, I, I doubt that that girl could ever have a real relationship. Because you have to find somebody else that doesn't like music and doesn't like animals. Or you have to seriously compromise. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, but I mean, I ditched. I, I, I dipped out. She was beautiful, but I was like, no, that ain't, that's just never going to happen. So that blows me away. So see, you know how I watch shark tank, mm -hmm. right? And like, I've watched like little snippets and things on shark tank. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, 
I've come to the point where, like yesterday, I was talking, or a day before yesterday, whichever one it was, where I was talking about how my unpopular opinion was that people who posted unpopular opinions weren't posting unpopular opinions. Yeah, they were just doing it for clout. You know, Shark Tank follows a formula, and I realized that so many people who get the time and get to present think that they're going to break the mold of the people who are successful on Shark Tank. And it's not because their product is good or bad. It's because they don't convey it right, you know? And I just, I look at, I look at how much people are like that in all kinds of business. And, and for those of you who don't know, my degree is in marketing. Um, I've got awards for marketing. I was a keynote speaker for a three, two, one, which is a three, two, one grow, which was a marketing seminar. Um, I taught marketing classes. Um, oh gosh, all over the country. So it was just part of what I did. And, you know, before I started really pursuing an inside career in marketing and I loved marketing and growing for people and marketing is not sales. And I get annoyed when people sit there and they say, you know, oh, marketing and sales or sales and marketing shouldn't even be on the same team. Marketing builds the tools the same way that managers build the tools. You know, marketers are just a different breed of people. You know, we are analytical. There's no degree for sales. And, you know, there's like correspondence garbage and stuff like it for it now. But salespeople have a, a personality that marketers don't have. I don't like people. I don't, I'm not outgoing and interactive with people. It literally takes a lot for me to talk to somebody and then to see how they're doing. And then I'm horrible at keeping friends, um, you know. But I watch these people on the show. They, there's literally thousands of people who apply to get on the show. There, you know, you sit there, you're putting out your idea. You've, you've gone through all this work, you, you know, no matter what level of work you go to. And then how many people come on that show and are just unprepared. And I look at that for where it, it baffles me how people can be unprepared. But then I look at people right now and I see how many people are unprepared right now because they're not paying attention and they're not looking at things and they're not looking at the way that things are. And you know, it's like when people are shocked that it snows when it's winter and they live in a place where it snows all the time. We, we had the snow one year, right? Mm -hmm. We had, you know, Texas, everybody knows two years ago, Texas's power grid failed. Okay. It was an aging power grid. I'm not going to fault it because you know, Hey, it's a power grid that failed. We lived in California and the California had a very new power grid and, and we still had rolling blackouts and we still had failure. So you know, there was just people looking for those excuses. But what did we do? We went and we bought two generators the next year. We bought two generators that were that would provide enough power that they could power the entire house and then some. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like we prepared and we did everything to prepare and to be smart for it. These people on the show, like half of them, you know, it's why you see only like two people, maybe three if you're lucky, if they're lucky in a show. But they only the only two people get funded. And those are the people who know their numbers, who know what they're doing, who know everything and literally know everything about their business and they follow the same principles in being clear, concise, giving the proper elevator pitch, answering most of it. If there's product, they bring product to the, to the dragons. They know their, they know their numbers, uh, start to the sharks. Cause I, I used to watch dragons, Dan, which was the predecessor to shark tank. Um, but they would bring it to the sharks and, and they know their numbers. They know everything. And then I see these people who I know if I had a product or a business, that I wanted to present on Shark Tank, how mad I would be when these people come on and they don't know their numbers and they don't know their, they have no business being there, you know? 
and you get mad about that and you sit and you think about that those people have no reason to be there they didn't do the hard work you know they took away from somebody else and it's just like i i know it's a sidetrack from like some of the stuff that we talked about but i was watching this and i was just thinking about this like how many people go there and they present and they do the work and then how many people just come in there and think they're going to be exception or they give the people that they're looking for help from the attitudes right mm -hmm. they have this opportunity and suddenly it's the people that are giving them the opportunity that they have a fight and a problem with and i say this because i was thinking i was thinking about jonathan and sheila they had marital couple their marital issues and they were having marital issues and they were fighting and literally and we warned them hey money's going to change everything money's not going to make your situation better if you guys are fighting before you have money Money's not going to make it better. Money's going to bring it out into the light, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened? They got so much worse. Mm -hmm. So he was driving for me. He was getting twenty five hundred dollars a week, so ten thousand dollars a month when he was when he was driving, and he was doing it on his own. He's basically, you know, he he was his own. Said, "Hey, you're doing this through your company. I'm just writing the check. That's it. You're a write off for me, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, no problem." Within two months of driving, they he was already over here signing the divorce papers and and filing, you know. And who did she blame? Us. Yeah. <laughs> For giving him the opportunity. That to... she wanted us to give him. Yeah. So literally. And it's like, and I look at this and I look at with so many people that I have blamed the people helping them. And because they weren't prepared, they weren't ready. Everybody thinks they're special. Everybody thinks they're unique. Everybody thinks that, you know, their voice deserves to be heard. Everybody thinks that they matter. And we've built a country and a society of that. And we are collapsing our country because of that. I have no business telling a farmer how to do his job. I have no business walking into an operating room at, you know, a brain surgeon and saying, hey, are those the right gloves? And yet we have an, a society of people who are so entitled that think that, you know, tens of thousands of people have applied, but I should get it because I'm special. I don't live that way. I'm probably the more dangerous side of it because I don't. What do I, what do I say every single time? I'm, I am just the big dumb dog here to protect my family. Mm -hmm. I will die for my family because to me, my life is worth nothing. When... We want to go out and we want to go somewhere and we go somewhere to eat. We go somewhere to go shopping. We go somewhere to do things. I make sure that it's where you want to go. And if, if it's not, I tell you, hey, we'll make a time for that. It's I don't do anything thinking of myself. And so when I sit and I look at a, the society and the world that we live in, where everybody is just about themselves. I mean, we can go back to these examples, right? A manager, oh, you know, figuring out overtime is hard. You know, no, you know what? What? That is, that's a level of entitlement. You've got a prick next door in the other story, right? Mm -hmm. Who's the one who's smoking it up, who's making everything stink, whose place is a dirty fucking mess, but he wants OP to take, take the fall. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this with people. I'm just, ugh. And I, and I see it every day. We go to the store. When we go to the store, we see people doing this. We see people on the weekend. Man, we're sitting there driving just to pick you guys up, waiting for that parking space, right? 
And then, boom. Oh, self-entitled, you know, Dodge Grand Caravan in Tyler, uh, Tyler uh, Texas. Fuck you. So, you know, I had to go and drive away because otherwise I was going to get in a fight. And it's not worth it. It's just, it's to the point where you, where people aren't worth it anymore. You know? And it's like, everybody's just so self-centered. And so, in Facebook, it would, social media as much as I utilize it, but social media has become so junk because everybody thinks their opinion is relevant until you confront them. I confront people on facts every day and boy, they don't like it. They get mad. They get my video taken down. They get my post taken down. They get my account deleted. They do, you know, they do all these things because they can't handle facts. I'm not being derogatory. Even when they are, I'm treating them the exact same way but they can't handle it because they're so entitled. Their parents told them they would grow up to be special. They got participation awards. They thought they were the greatest thing. They're, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be so special. I'm an influencer. I have 10,000 people following me on Facebook and I look at them and I go, great, I have 200,000. What? I have 200,000 and suddenly, well, well, on TikTok, I have 10,000 people following me. Great. My, you know, I, I've got tens of thousands of views on my videos. I got millions. Well, well, you're just a racist, you know, uh, sexist misogynist. There you go. I'm just because people just can't handle being humble enough to be like, Hey, I don't know how to work on a car. Cool. I don't, I shouldn't have any say in it. I don't know how a farm works. I shouldn't have any say in it. I don't know how surgery works. I shouldn't have any say in it. And so many people just need to have that humility when it comes to things that they shouldn't have a say in. If you don't know economics, don't talk about politics. Don't tell people how the economy should be because you don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how an oil, field, uh, oil rig works. I don't know how an oil refinery works, but I, but I, I know what our production needs to be and I know what it needs to be at to be, to have a country that country that's properly functioning and have a logistics that are actually being logistics and working and not scrambling to try to, you know, cut each other's throats just to be able to make a dollar while, you know, staying environmental. I joked around yesterday talking about how funny it was that Tesla was a failure, but it's not really funny. What's funny is just how many people were fighting and so bipolar about it on both sides in everything that we have and it's always the more ignorant that are the more vocal so before i leave and i don't want to leave any of our podcasts on a bad note and just a rant i believe you have a good one a really good one that's a funny one hilarious you were laughing earlier today and i heard you walking around the house laughing about it yes Okay, go for it. Floor is all yours. It is from r slash confession. And it's from user pineapples underscore r underscore cool. And it is titled, I hid in the bathroom while my friend's dad was taking a dump. Ew. <laughs> I was playing hide and seek at a friend's house and decided to lay down in the bathtub and close the curtain. I remember thinking, man, this spot sucks. They'll probably find me first. Looking back, <laughs> I wish they'd found me sooner. Five I minutes bet. pass when someone finally walks in. I thought it was my friend because I could see them, but I almost shart myself when the door closed. A deep 
voice started singing, and then I heard pissing sounds. I remember thinking, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, because that would make things awkward, and if I, if I left, I'd see his schlonga bonga. To make matters worse, he started farting. I don't no. mean a toot. I mean a long, wet one, followed by another. I know this sounds wrong, but I was fighting an urge to laugh. I stopped myself because I realized how traumatizing it would be for him if he heard giggles coming from the bathtub <laughs> while taking a shit. Both of us would have been scarred for life. After he left, I lay there for a couple of minutes, processing what just happened. When the hallway was silent, I immediately ran into a random bedroom and pretended I was there the whole time. <laughs> I feel pretty guilty because even though it wasn't really my fault, I should have said something when the door closed. Moral of the story, never hide in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. See there. Okay. That's, the top that's a... comment is glad you resisted the temptation to giggle so you didn't have to catch sight of a schlonga bonga. <laughs> I have never oh. heard somebody call that <laughs> no. that. No. Shlonga oh. bonga. Oh. When I was a kid, though, I did hide in my parents' bedroom. Oh, no. Oh, I did. I hid it. I hid in my parents' bedroom. And my... No, it was it was, it was wholesome. I hid there because I, I don't even remember. What, I was... I was not supposed to be somewhere. And so I ran to their room, which was stupid because I wasn't supposed to be there. So I had run from someplace I wasn't supposed to be to someplace I wasn't supposed to be. And my dad ripped the loudest, longest, stinkiest <laughs> fart ever. And I sat there and I was quiet. And then he goes, are you going to come out, Joey? Or do I need to do another one? <laughs> So he knew. He knew. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. And on that, thanks for joining us on our afternoon dive. I've been Joey. And I'm Kiki. And remember, that which doesn't kill you is going to find you in the bathtub. Peace out with your peas out. Bye. Bye.